Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the Polter Gals. Spooky. <laughs> this week we're getting spooky in all the right places. We visited the very haunted Dr. Pepper Museum. I'm Allison. And I'm Debbie. And this is our special Halloween episode. This will be coming out the Friday before Halloween. So let's get spooky and gobble your last ghoul. <laughs> and gobble some ghouls. Yum. Tasty Dr. Pepper. Mm. That's one of the 23 flavors. It's ghoul. Ghoul. Ghoul is one of them. Ghoul, witches, and what else? Vampire blood. Oh, yum. 23 and me. <laughs> <laughs> So this week we interviewed Rachel Moore. Rachel, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody out there. Hi, I'm Rachel Moore. I'm the Educational Experience Manager here at the Dr. Pepper Museum in Waco, Texas. And among other things, I help with our paranormal tours, which are a fairly new tour at the museum where we get to share a different side of the museum that we don't normally share with our typical guests. Um, but the museum is actually in an old factory that was primarily built for Dr. Pepper. And Dr. Pepper was actually invented here in Waco. I know. Uh, in 1885 by Dr. Uh, Charles Alderton at the Old Corner Drug Store. And it was invented initially, like most sodas, as a uh, healing remedy and a medicine. Uh, and then it came, became what we now you know, consider a treat. Um, but Dr. Alderton blended up 23 still mysterious flavors to make Dr. <laughs> Pepper, and um, it's still almost uh, the same recipe with the exception of caffeine being added to it. Um, and so it's a big part of Waco history that we're happy to preserve, but we also have uh, two historic buildings, uh, both of which are certified haunted locations. Um, and that certificate comes from <clears throat> the McLennan County Paranormal Investigations group. Uh, and we've had groups come through the museum uh, over the years, <clears throat> and they've investigated and found different things that they couldn't quite explain. Um, and so in doing that and catching evidence on film, they were able to certify it as a haunted location. Um, but our spaces are, uh, just like we protect the history of Dr. Pepper and share that with the public, um, 
we're also two historic places in Waco, so we can also teach about Waco history in general. So Waco was kind of a rough and tumble Western town, of course, and there were multiple shootouts here. Many boarding houses were on this location where our buildings are today. And in addition to that, we have the story of the tornado here. And so there's a lot of stories built upon uh, this location. So we do teach about Dr. Pepper, but we do um, build up a little more of that. And so uh, we always start with Dr. Pepper being invented in 1885. Our factory building for one of our buildings um, was from 1906 and is uh, still uh, has architecture and things and reminiscent of that factory so you can see our wells and you can see the machinery that would have been used in that space and uh, still plenty of um, features of that building that show where it was as a factory but now it is not a functioning factory and instead is a collection of exhibits to help tell that story of Dr. Pepper and then our second building uh, is actually a old uh, grocery store for wholesale grocery store like Costco or Sam's. And we have since heavily renovated that space. Um, and so we use this as our second building for our soda fountain, but also we have our experience spaces in it and other exhibits. And so I have a little bit of everything. Uh, we have an extensive collection of items for Dr. Pepper, but also the soft drink industry as a whole. So don't be surprised if you see Coca-Cola uh, products in here as well. Uh, we do have a lot of different products here and we're able to protect all that history. It also means that we have really big collection spaces that we use to preserve that stuff, you know. Uh, and so we do have a large basement underneath our second building and a, another basement under our first. Uh, but the large basement under our second building is used as a collection storage space, among other things. And so um, when people come for our paranormal tours, that's an area that we take them to. Everyone wants a scary basement, and uh, we certainly have one. And so uh, that is part of our paranormal tours, getting to go down there. And you are in a collection space, so we're very careful when we go down there. Uh, but there's definitely been paranormal activity in that space and so we feel like it's a good opportunity for our guests to kind of get a variety of things so if you come for that tour you see an additional portion of it but um what are the hours of the ghost tours the tours hours will depend on the season so we try and make sure that it's dark but it will usually start around 7 7 30 and last two hours and so it does depend on the season. So, you know, if the sun goes down earlier, we try our best to keep it. Uh, even though many paranormal investigators believe that paranormal uh, events don't really change depending on the time of day, unless you have something tied to a time. Um, and many times paranormal investigators suggest that you investigate in the sunlight or in a brightly lit space because we are not nocturnal people. So we're, we're, better, uh, we're better at investigating things if we can see clearly um it's still much more fun to do a paranormal tour at night and in the dark uh, and so we prefer to do our paranormal investigating in the dark uh at night it also helps that there are no other guests here so they're the only guest here um, during our paranormal tours we have two paranormal investigators our tour guides who are with you the whole time and they take you through both of our buildings as well as show you evidence on our ipads and different TV screens throughout uh, to show you the evidence we've collected. But the primary goal of you being on this tour isn't, it's not a ghost story. Um, it's not a haunted house. We're not trying to, nothing is, is uh, artificial there. Uh, we want a really authentic experience. And the way we do that is we do tell you what people have experienced in spaces, but the focus is 
you having the opportunity to do the investigating yourself. So we provide our guests with ghost hunting tools, uh, mostly uh, EMF readers. So they have different uh, lights that will show up depending on the level of electromagnetic frequency in the area, which many paranormal investigators believe indicate some kind of paranormal something there. Uh, but then we also have other tools like spirit boxes that go over uh, multiple radio frequencies very quickly uh, that in many people believe help spirits or paranormal entities speak through that. Um, and then we also use dowsing rods frequently. Um, and some of our paranormal investigators are really into it and they have their own fun investigative tools that they'll bring as well. So sometimes we'll have some other fun stuff. Uh, but we do uh, really focus on our guests being the the you know, the paranormal investigator there. Um, all of our experiences have some kind of role we want you to step into. You're a beverage chemist, so you're making a bottle of soda. You're a consumer tester, so you're evaluating sodas when you taste them. And in this case, you're the paranormal investigator. Here are the tools. We're gonna educate you on how to use them and we'll model for you, but really we want you to be the ones to find it. And so every tour is different. Sometimes it's pretty quiet here. Sometimes it is really not. Um, uh, it really depends on um, just our guest and how into it they want to be and what they find and investigate. So we do model and we do kind of facilitate some things like with the spirit boxes, we'll start off the conversation and then we'll let the guest ask questions if they're interested. Um, but it really depends on the guest's comfort level um, for what they want to do. So, Where can you all be found to get this information or book a tour? Um, to book one of these tours, you'll just need to go to our website, and all those available dates will be on there. Um, we do have the opportunity, if you'd like to do a private group, like you have enough people to kind of book out a group, you're welcome to contact us, and we have special pricing and can help you schedule if you have a private group. Um, but typically, you'll just go to our website and um, book whatever tickets you need for your party. Uh, and then we usually, in the October time, we have like a lot of tours, right? In spooky season, we have all kinds of paranormal tours. In different seasons, we might offer two a month. Um, if those fill out, we may offer more. Um, but we try our best to offer them throughout the year because this isn't something that we limit to just Halloween. Um, and we found that guests are really excited to do this all year round. And so we're happy to bring it um, throughout the year. So if you're interested, just go to our website um, for more information or to book these tours. And what are some of your spooky spots? <laughs> so uh, our museum has quite a few different locations with paranormal activity. Initially, we were certified as paranormal, uh, paranormal uh, and haunted location uh, because of some video evidence that we have collected, um, things you can find on the museum's Facebook page or the museum's YouTube channel. Uh, but these entities or these spottings were... Um, orbs going up the staircase and a lot of times orbs could be taken as dust or bugs um, but in this case because they were moving with intentionality going from the place where they would have if they were let's say a person working in the factory checked in with their boss at the front table and then walked through the door and up the stairs something like that if uh, it's moving with intentionality in a direction away from an air vent or a light uh, then we know that, okay, maybe this is something more than just dust or um, a bug or something like that. Like this looks like an orb, so something like that. Uh, another one of those pieces of evidence was light flashing in one of our exhibit cases at a time when there were no windows in that space uh, and there were no lights on. 
Um, so things like that. We also have a few voice recordings that they considered um, as part of that evidence. Um, and then since we have begun these tours, we've gotten so much more, right? Um, and I think many of our tour guides, uh, we have the opportunity to have these staff who are really excited to do this. And this is their hobby and this is their passion. Um, and so they have become very um, knowledgeable about the space, not just paranormal investigation, but about what you might encounter in these spaces. Because they do this every week, every other week. Um, they become familiar with who they might interact with in each space, what they prefer, what they don't prefer. Um, and so, again, every tour is different. You could come and then, you know, maybe it'd be less activity. But usually, um, our tour guides know what to expect in each space, what entity prefers what. Um, we know that if we use the dousing rods in the courtyard, we're going to get great results, usually. Uh, but the EMF readers, their lights are going crazy, but whatever's there doesn't want to talk using that light. You know, it's difficult to communicate to go back and forth between it. Um, as opposed to on the third floor, many times that's the best way to communicate with what's up there by using the, the lights, you know, yes for red and no for green, things like that. And so um, they're very familiar with what's going on. And so as you go through the building, you might interact with different uh, entities there. And usually, and again, it's difficult to know exactly what we're interacting with here. There's a big belief uh, within paranormal investigative communities that what you're in interacting with and what we believe many of our entities here um, or activity here is connected to is uh, more of an energy or an imprint, almost like nature's DVR system. If you do something every day, like you walk, you clock in and then you walk upstairs every day for decade. Um, you leave an imprint on that space. And so what we're seeing with the orbs might be something like that, an imprint, a recording in the space. Um, in the same way, something traumatic might leave a imprint on the space. So there was a large tornado that came through here. And that's something very traumatic. And so there are spaces where people would have hidden during that tornado that have perhaps like a heightened like energy almost in that space. Um, but then we also have boarding houses that were here beforehand um, that we don't know too much about them or the people that we've done research and we've learned more and more about these people. Um, but there's a chance that what's here isn't from the factories, it's from the boarding houses, um, which were usually kind of a rough place to be. Um, and so we're not sure if what we're interacting with, you know, it's always a little bit of guesswork as far as um, as we learn more and more about these entities or what we're interacting with here, is it something that's just an imprint on the space? Is it sort of like a, like a memory or recording? Is this something from the factory? Is this something from someone who died in the space? Is this something from a traumatic event? Um, we're constantly investigating that, but it's always going to be guesswork. Um, you know, we can't know anything for sure. Uh, but one space we do get quite a bit of activity is in the courtyard. Um, by our truck and so I'll take you over there and we can see what we can do over there uh, typically at our truck um, recording like film recording devices uh, can be a little scary for whatever's over there they never interact when I have a camera but uh, <laughs> whenever we uh, use dowsing rods is the best way to kind of contact whatever is in the courtyard but our EMF readers also kind of go nuts there um, but yeah, it just kind of depends on which paranormal investigator you ask where they find the most activity. But um, today I'll make sure to take you over to our truck in the courtyard, I think is probably going to be where we'll find some more activity. There's, it's pretty consistent there.
For tours, you can contact them at experiences at drpeppermuseum.com or text 254-252-3985 for further information. And be sure to check out the spooky spots throughout the museum for some of the most haunted spots that Mike and Cindy, founders of the McLennan County Paranormal Investigators, have named Spooky Spots. Uh, many times we speak to someone named Shorty here. Shorty, is this you? Go ahead and cross for yes. Oh, another one. All right, go ahead and cross them for yes or uncross them for no is the shorty. All right, that was a big cross. Thank you. Okay, hi, shorty. All right, that was a big cross. Thank you. Okay, hi, shorty. Go ahead and uncross them for me. Go ahead and uncross the stick so I can ask another question. Very nice. Uh, now, Shorty, I know you, and you, uh, you're you very familiar with these questions, but we're going to go ahead and ask you some questions just to make sure it's you uh, and so my friends can kind of see how these work. Uh, so, Shorty, uh, Secretary, did you work on the bottling lines here at the factory? A little, yes. Okay, sometimes. Go ahead and uncross. Shorty, did you work as a soda jerk? Soda fountain. That's awesome. All right, go ahead and bring him up. Shorty actually did work at this factory, um, and unfortunately, uh, we know that that uh, Shorty did die in the tornado. It's the only person to die between the two buildings. Um, we typically don't, you know, stay with that topic for too long here. Uh, but yeah, Shorty is a regular here on our tours, which we're always appreciative of, and we do really appreciate you, Shorty. Shorty, can you tell us? Uh, do you? like that we do these paranormal tours? Do you like people coming to speak with you? Big yes. Okay, go ahead and uncross them for me. Now, uh, one thing about Shorty is uh, we believe as staff that he probably uh, <laughs> plays tricks on us and jokes fairly often for a while there. Are there any other entities here in the courtyard today? Oh, now I'm getting asked. Uh, Shorty, are there any other entities or is there anyone else here with us? No. Okay, that is a no. Good, okay. Uh, Shorty, do you sometimes go to the building in the factory? Do you sometimes go to other places? Say yes. So we talked to Shorty a lot in the other building. Uh, Shorty, are there other pair? Oh. Shorty, are there other other, you know, Paranormal entities, are there others in the uh, in the museum buildings? So yes. Okay, go ahead and uncross them. Uh, Shorty, do you think the other entities that here on at the museum like us doing these tours? Yes. Yes. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, now, Shorty, the big question, and you know it's coming because I ask it every time. Do you like Dr. Pepper? Uh, Shorty, big question. Do you like Dr. Pepper? There is a right answer. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Okay, go ahead and uncross them for me. Go ahead and uncross the sticks for me. I am a big skeptic. <laughs> and I love Shorty. <laughs> um, always very responsive. Shorty is a um, 
prominent part of our tour. Throughout our tour, we visit a lot of different stops between both buildings and literally between both buildings in the courtyard. Uh, and so we're able to interact with a lot of different things and see kind of what makes this place a certified haunted location. Um, and a few of those places were caught on film and are the reason why we are a paranormal site. Uh, or at least certified that way. And so one of those locations is the staircase. We do have a video uh, with orbs flying through that door and going up the stairs. Um, and the reason we believe again that that is something paranormal is because it's very intentional. Um, those orbs were moving from where you would probably clock in with your manager and then go up to work. Uh, and so this is something that someone probably did every single day for a decade. Um, so, of course, it kind of leaves an imprint on that space. And so these orbs would fly through that window and then, or through the door, and then up the staircase. Um, and so videos like that are fairly common, especially uh, there is a belief that, you know, uh, original pieces of the building and architecture caused that. And the staircase is original to the building. Uh, Circle A was the main company here. Uh, and so we're able to still have that main feature of the building, including the floors like this and throughout the building. And so one of many sites that you can see on the tour. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Could you possibly, uh, is that video like on YouTube? Or it's on okay. the museum's YouTube video, we you can, can grab uh, it. Pull it and put it into our phone. Yeah. All right, it's time for the history. The Dr. Pepper Museum was manufactured and sold beginning in the 1885 and native Texas soft drink founded in Waco, Texas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, get out of here, Dublin. Quit trying to take our claim to fame. This is Waco. Waco only. Uh, it was originating at Morrison's Old Corner Store. Mm -hmm. It is home of one of the nation's oldest major soft drinks. Mm, I like hard drinks, if you know what I mean. Oh. <laughs> Winky face. The museum is housed in a 1906 building, and the building is roughly 115 years old. It's on the corner of 5th and Mary Avenue. And anybody that's local knows that the traffic right now and the construction over there is horrible. But still, definitely go check it out. Just to give you, I just hate the traffic. I'm sorry. It's I true facts. <laughs> the Dr. Pepper Company donated the building to a nonprofit organization in 1988. And renovations began in the year 1990 and formally opened to the public as a museum in 1991. It took six years to finish renovations on the whole building, fully opening it up in May of 1997. That's when you were born. 97, baby. You're welcome. The, the Dr. Pepper Museum opened just because Allison was born. <laughs> I knew I was going to love Dr. Pepper. That's true. It was literally like ingrained in your DNA to love Dr. Pepper. It was. It's only like <laughs> two months older than me. There you go. And the... So the museum has an annual budget of $500,000 that comes from sales of merchandises, memberships, admissions, and contrib contributions. Some of these contributions have come from Dr. Pepper themselves, Coca-Cola, Big Red, and some other independent soft drink companies. It is recognized as the only nonprofit museum dedicated to the, an entire soft drink. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I mean, I'm glad that we have that privilege. I know. <laughs> We're privileged. <laughs> so Rachel did mention that they have a collection of artifacts and collections open containing 1,600 artifacts. 
currently now has 300,000. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. It's huge for... And she said they keep them in the spooky basement. <laughs> she did. They have a spooky basement filled with artifacts. Filled with Dr. Pepper. It's like a swimming pool. You have to like get into the basement and you just jump in a pool of Dr. Yeah. Pepper. Yeah. You have to swim through it. Yeah. It gets a little sticky, but <laughs> it's worth it. Got yourself in a sticky situation here. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> We're so dumb. Anyway, <laughs> the collection is known as one of the largest and the best in the world. In 2007, the museum completed the new collections and archive storage center in the historic Column Rotan building, which is now referred to as the East Wing. And in 2016, the East Wing opened to the public as a gift shop and soda fountain space. We also got the opportunity to tour the new museum as well as the East Wing, which was pretty cool. Then we stopped over at the Soda Jerk and got us some uh, Dr. Pepper floats. Absolutely delicious um, with amazing bluebell ice cream. Yeah. Delicious. And it was real fun. And we have some amazing footage and some ideas, some stuff that happened while we were walking through the museum. So um, now I'm going to talk a little bit more about the hauntings. Um, we did actually get to experience a live experience um, and met one of the most amazing ghosts I've ever met. Um, his name is Shorty. Because of course it is. Not related to Shorty's Pizza. Shout out. We had that yesterday Please. for lunch. <laughs> don't get them confused. Don't get them confused. Shorty the ghost, not Shorty the pizza. Um, don't give them that much credit. Don't give them that much credit. Um, if so, you want to go visit Shorty, go visit him at the, at the Dr. Pepper at Museum. The Dr. Pepper Museum. Um, he's actually located in the courtyard over by one of the Dr. Pepper trucks. Because um, he actually worked with delivering. Um, as you guys will find out or have already found out, um, depending on where this clip goes in. <laughs> um, Shorty was actually one of the only people that passed away during the 1950 tornado here in Waco, Texas. Which was the most tragic tornado that mm -hmm. Waco has seen and has ever seen, mm -hmm. really. Yeah, and if you guys haven't figured out by now, we are coming to you live from Waco, Texas, yes, um, yes. home of the Dr. Pepper Museum. Um, we're just two Waco gals in the Waco world talking about wacko stuff, you know? Gotta keep it wacko. Keep it wacko, Waco. Um, so, um, as for their hauntings, um, as Rachel mentioned briefly, um, they are actually, um, they're actually a certified paranormal, yeah, yeah. um, location, which is pretty cool. So back in 2009, Mike and Cindy Jacobus, um, which already is a spooky last name, Jacobus. It really is. It's a like if my last name was Jacobus, I would also become a paranormal investigator. Just saying. Just to be able to sit there. I'm Jacobus. I'm Jacobus. Or we might be completely pronouncing it wrong. That's fine. Um, so they're actually, like we said, founders of the McClendon County Paranormal Investigations. They actually investigated the museum with some shocking evidence. So they caught bumps, voices, knocks, and orbs. Um, but one of the most shocking was a voice being caught saying, here's the train as the actual train passed. Um, so for those of those not in Waco, as we talked, it's on the corner of Marion 5th, and the train tracks run right behind the building. I believe it's Jackson Road, mm -hmm. or Jackson Avenue, which I, I just know it's Jackson, mm -hmm. which is, I think, the next block over. Mm -hmm. And the train runs right next to the Dr. Pepper Museum, so that is kind of terrifying. Um, then they also caught two orbs following each other down the staircase. Um, as um, Rachel told us, 
the whole point of like seeing orbs is a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's just dust or oh, it's just mm -hmm. a bug. But she did mention the intentionality behind it. Um, so it was the fact that the orbs are moving as though an actual person mm -hmm. were moving and um, again, had that intentionality behind their location and where they were going. She did say that it, they ha do have a lot of common occurrences like that as if mm -hmm. they would have been clocking in with their boss and then heading upstairs to work. Yeah, and then investigators and staff have actually experienced these orbs, voices, shadow figures, apparitions, and as well as uh, overwhelming emotions. Um, as she mentioned, Rachel did, um, she talked a lot about imprintation. So mm -hmm. it's imprinting on the location. And again, just to it being such a historical landmark itself, um, it may not just be the Dr. Pepper Museum, it was also those previous boarding houses. Though not much is known about them, um, it could have been an imprintation from that. And what I love is that they do continue to try to investigate that. So it's not just like this uncommon, unknown thing. They're very much trying to do their research as to finding that information out. Yeah, and since the Dr. Pepper Museum is a nonprofit and, mm -hmm. you know, based in education um, as a nonprofit, they really have looked into all of this stuff historically. Um, so Shorty, <laughs> um, the ghost that we encountered, actually is known through historical records. Um, so they can like be like, oh, this is this person, not only from the fact of just asking him questions um, and actually getting responses, um, but just from the historical like records that mm -hmm. actually are known. Um, and then these tours uh, that they do, the, the haunted tours, um, they actually go through both historic buildings. And again, the spooky basement, that's but usually yes, off limits. Yes. Um, the tour usually gives information and investigates the paranormal using tools like an EMF reader, which we use today, um, along with divining rods. Um, and then we really mm -hmm. use the most today. Mm -hmm. And we had our, of course, our audio equipment with us to record this podcast that you're listening to right now. Um, so we had our audio equipment as well. We are actually going through our footage right now um, as we're recording this um, to see if we caught anything else. Um, we did actually take some footage as well. So we will be dropping a cute little video um, from our time in the museum and our time, you know, talking to Shorty and some other quick clips. Um, and then the Dr. Pepper Museum on their YouTube channel, you can actually see some of their hauntings that they've caught on camera as well. So you can see those orbs. Um, and I think they also have a link to that voice so you can hear it. And we'll try and drop those into our video. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think this was actually a pretty cool experience. And to be able to talk to Rachel and to for her to give us our own kind of experience to see that. It, w it was pretty interesting, really, to get into that. Though it was so windy. <laughs> yeah. If if you haven't noticed in the audio clips, it's very, very windy. and Because that's where Texas in the fall time. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But uh, we did, she did stop a few times to make sure that it wasn't the wind messing with the rods. So mm -hmm. just to, for you all that might have, it's like, oh, it's fake. You can hear the wind. Yes, there is wind. But we stopped several times. And she does make a point to say that using the divining rods, um, you can tell when the wind is blowing it because obviously the wind is blowing it in the same direction. So it really does take a force to cross them because mm -hmm. that means that the rods are literally having to push against the wind per se. Mm -hmm. um, so that just goes to you know give us a little more credibility on that end. Yeah, and you can definitely find 
the video that we took while doing this interview on our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll post everything from our trip on our socials. For sure. And um, we actually have posted while we were there. So if you caught that on our Instagram story, good for you. Kudos. You get extra points for being a good follower, being a good polter pal. <laughs> Gotta give those polter pal points. You get polter pal points points <laughs> when we get our polter pal patreon <laughs> then we'll say okay guys go get your polter pal patreon points <laughs> for productivity <laughs> i don't know um but yeah so that was what happened today and we got to go tour the museum and i hope you guys enjoy it thanks bye bye you've been listening to the polter gals a Rogue Media Network podcast. This has been a Rogue Media podcast.